All aboard! This essential engine tirelessly lugs the masses around New York City in an intricate, ever-growing network. It keeps the city's commuters moving constantly, and it never closes. It's open 24-7, 365. Next stop, FYI. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Get ready to ride the New York City subway with us on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for your English, the show where we teach you English among other things, entre otras cosas. And I hope you guys are enjoying the show. I'm always trying to improve on it. And also, we, we say to improve on, como habéis visto. We, I'm always trying to improve on the show and make it better. So please let me know what I can do. I love to hear from you. I love your feedback. And I'm always interested in getting ideas from you guys for future topics. In fact, many of the episodes that we've looked at so far were recommended by you guys, our students, our patrons, and all of the listeners. So thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. It's growing day by day, and the only reason for that is because of you guys. You're liking it, and you're spreading the word, and I really appreciate that. And as you guys know, there's a bonus part to this podcast, and that's available exclusively for patrons and you can get more information at patreon.com if you want to get classes with me pdfs that accompany this and well so much more just take a gander it's patreon.com slash alberto alonso and you can join our curious community but if you're not interested in that and that's okay you know everybody's got their reasons if you're it's not in your budget no es en tu presupuesto that's okay too you just have to be very patient because eventually a la larga i release this bonus content and i make it available for everybody and let's stop right there on that word available that's a word that my students hate available available say it with me say it a million times if you have to and if it's still too tough you can say free <laughs> you can say are you available or are you free so as i said the bonus content eventually comes out free if you can be very very patient but it's not just about the bonus content our community is a group of people who are growing together as we learn about a bunch of different topics and we have classes weekly we have our review classes monthly we look at uh, all different topics in english and if you want to find out more as i said go over to patreon.com 
slash Alberto Alonso and find out what everybody's talking about. And that said, I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons. There's over a hundred of us now and we're growing and growing every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you guys. You can hear how choked up I am, emocionado, in my voice. I appreciate it. I never imagined that this community would grow so fast and have so many amazing people. So a shout out to all of you, especially Especially my super duper students, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. Okay, now I've given you my spiel, me charla. Now it's time to get into the episode. Now, I don't know about you folks. Gente is folks. No pronunciamos la L. But I'm excited about this episode because, well, the subway is something I'm very familiar with. In fact, I rode it to work every day. And I was late every day. And it wasn't the subway's fault. It was my fault. It's what we call poor planning. And we'll talk about that because you can get an excuse. That's right. A written excuse from the New York City subway telling them that you were late to work because of a delay or something like that. But the only thing is, I don't know how many times your boss is going to let you get away with that. Now, that didn't exist when I was riding the subway, but I'll tell you more about that later on because so many people depend on the subway they rely on the subway to get to work as we call them commuters to commute is to go to and from work or school it's a very important word we've looked at it before commuter hour es hora punta aunque es más natural decir rush hour in los Estados Unidos. So I started the intro off by saying all aboard todos a bordos. Then I said this essential engine. Now the same thing you say un motor, we say an engine. Just think about the pronunciation there, engine. And also essential. Hmm, two difficult words to pronounce, but you know me, I I'm always going for that double alliteration. So this essential engine tirelessly. Now, obviously, if tired is cansado, it means sin cansarse. Tirelessly lugs. And to lug is to carry or to transport the masses, la, las masas, no, la, 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 la muchidumbre, I think you say, around New York City in an intricate, y quiero que pronunciemos esta palabra, porque no es intricate, sino intricate, ever-growing network and ever growing como te puedes imaginar es que siempre está creciendo then i said it keeps the city's commuters moving constantly and i already told you what commuters are those are the people who take the subway every day and the buses and well the whole system and i think one of the most baffling facts about the new york city subway is that it never closes. I remember that was just such a, a, an awesome thing because you said, okay, as long as I have my Metro card, I can go anywhere at 
any time. At least that was the feeling of freedom that it gave you. And I remember when I moved to Madrid, I used to go out. I was a bit of a party animal. I used to love to go out. And I would have to wait until 6 a.m. for them to open up the metro again. But not in New York. You can go home whenever you're ready. Now, obviously, the trains don't come as frequently. It, you know, They come, obviously, frequently during rush hour. They add even extra trains. They have express trains. And again, in the bonus part of today's show, I'll give you a little bit of my insider, uh, my inside information. Insider is alguien desde dentro. So inside information is lo que te da. Some tips, some pointers on how to survive in the New York City subway. So it never closes. So I know, I know what you're thinking. Ah, oh, it smells like piss. There are rats everywhere. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Um, there are always delays. There are always rerouting trains. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. But remember, it never closes. So maintenance, whatever has to be done on this network has to be done uh, during operating hours. So that's 24-7-365. Esto evidentemente es como decimos que nunca cierra algo. It's open all year round. And then I imitated the famous sound. I said, next stop, FYI, Proxima Parada, FYI. And the, the classic line that you'll hear in the New York City subway is, stand clear of the closing doors, please. And then you'll hear that chime, ding, ding. And then you know that you are off on an amazing adventure, just as we are here today on this episode. And remember, I said before, we ride the subway, or you say, I was on the subway. So I used to ride the subway a lot, or I was on the subway every day. A little bit different, but those would be the prepositions and the verbs that we use. And remember, ride is an irregular verb. I believe we looked at it in the Harley Davidson episode, right, with motorcycles. Ride, rode, ridden. Just be careful because a lot of my students say riden. So if you've ever ridden the train, ¿y qué? What, what are you talking about, Alberto? What do you mean ridden the train, el tren? I thought we were talking about the subway, uh, or as the British say, the tube or the underground, which we don't call it either of those. We call it the train, como te acabo de decir. Yeah, if you live in New York City, we don't call it New York City, we call it the city. I live in the city. I'm taking the train because, well, New Yorkers believe that there is no other city out there, that there aren't any other train systems out there. So if you hear a New Yorker say, I take the train to work, more often than not, they're talking about the subway. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have commuter trains. The commuter trains would be the equivalent of the cercanías, I believe, in Spain. And New Yorkers have always had a love-hate relationship with the subway. I mean, it's great. It's convenient. It's open 24 hours. It gets you where you need to go. But it stinks. And in the summer, it's really hot. And I saw some studies that said that uh, the contamination levels uh, in the air at some of the platforms underground was uh, astoundingly high. So there are a lot of negative things. And in fact, uh, a couple years ago, there were there was a lot of press, a lot of news around this, that the New York City subway was crumbling, right? To crumble is to fall and break into pieces. That's a very important part of the city, as we said before. It's essential. I think that's so important to point out that New York City wouldn't work without its subway. 
And as you can imagine, it is the busiest subway network in the United States. It's the seventh busiest in the world, though, because you got to remember Asia, they've got some mega cities over there. You know, these cities where they, they, they dwarf New York. To dwarf something is to make it look smaller. The word dwarf is enano. So I imagine you're curious and you'd like to know what the busiest subway system in the world is. Do you know? Can you guess? It's Tokyo. That's right. Tokyo takes the cake. Se lleva la palma. It's got more than double the amount, cantidad, double the amount of riders as the New York City subway. Now, you also have to look at the size of each city as well. But how many people ride the New York City subway? Well, these are some stats that I looked at. And remember, this podcast was recorded in 2021, and these stats are ever-changing. Stats is a, a shorter way to say statistics. So the average weekday ridership, that's a good word. So the people are the riders, and ridership is like viewership in audiencias, in la tele. Ridership. Well, are you ready? An astounding 5.5 million people ride the subway on an average weekday. That is astonishing. Now, how many cars are there? And cars are how we say vagones. We say coches. It's pretty easy because it's a word you already knew. Well, it takes 6,684 cars to move those 5.5 million people around every weekday. And how many stations is that? That's 472, so almost 500 stations. And as I said, the subway is ever-growing. But an interesting fact about the New York City subway is even though the word sub, right, underground, bajo tierra, only about 60% of the New York City subway is underground. Some of it is elevated track. And speaking of elevated track... If you want to get one of the best views that you'll ever get on a subway, I mean, for just two bucks, a little over two bucks, you'll get one of the greatest views of the New York City skyline. And this is at the elevated Smith and 9th Street stop on the F and G line. It is definitely one of the best views in the city. So it's kind of weird. Almost half of this is not underground, but it's still called the subway. Well, you know us and our naming. We call it something because it's comfortable. And how much track is necessary, track, son las vías, to move all these cars around this metropolis? Well, I have the number here, but let me just give you an idea, uh, geographically speaking. If you laid all the train tracks end to end, they would stretch from New York to Chicago. That is mind-blowing. And not only is there a lot of track and there are a lot of cars, but there are a lot of different lines that in some places they, they coincide, they go together, especially at 42nd Street. We'll talk about that. That's a very important stop. I mean, 42nd Street, come on. I don't even have to, even if you've never been to New York, you know that that's important. But there are seven numbered routes so it's the one train, the two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And when I lived there, 
There was a nine train, but the nine train is no longer in existence. Bye-bye, nine train. I'll miss you. But it doesn't end there. There are 15 lettered routes. So you can take the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, J, L, M, N, Q, R, W, and Z. And you can connect to the one, two, three... You see how it can get a bit confusing? But as I said, in the bonus part, I'm going to give you guys some tips. Because really, the New York subway, I think it's pretty easy to get around. As long as you know a couple key things, which I'll share with you. Now, let's go back to Times Square. You all know Times Square. Well, why is Times Square important? Well, it's the crossroads of the world, as we said in our Times Square episode. But it is also the busiest station the busiest station in the whole network. And 12 lines, 12 subway lines go through Times Square and stop there. So, and that connects with Port Authority and it connects with our second busiest, which is Grand Central Station, which I think we need to do an episode on that. And the third busiest is 34th Street and Herald Square. And we're gonna talk about too in the bonus part some of the art that you can find inside the subway system. Times Square is a great place to catch some live music or even some murals. So I think it's time we take a look at the history of the subway. And there was a talk of a subway or something similar to a subway. Now that I think about it, something similar to uh, Elon Musk's Hyperloop. And this was a guy named Alfred Eli Beach. And he built the first demonstration, right? It was a demonstration for an underground transit system. This was in New York City. And this was in 1869. And he opened it in 1870. Now, the only problem is it went 95 meters. And, well, it never extended any further. It never came to fruition. But the reason I say that it's like Elon Musk's Hyperloop is it was called the Beach Pneumatic Transit. And it basically pressurized the same way you would send, you know, an object flying in these pressurized tubes. Now, I'm not too sure of the science behind it, but it sounds strikingly similar. So that wasn't the start of the subway, but that was one of the predecessors, one of the the sparks, let's say, una de las chispas. And then it was the great blizzard of 1888. And a blizzard is a snowstorm. And yeah, it took a blizzard, a snowstorm, to show people how important having this transport, this idea, this underground transport idea as a reality. Because anybody who has ever been in a blizzard in New York City knows that it shuts down the city above ground. It doesn't affect the underground. So this was a really, really important factor. They said, well, we get a lot of blizzards and the city can't come to a standstill. A standstill is estar quieto parado. So a plan for this subway construction was approved in 1894. And six years later, in 1900, at the turn of the century, construction began. The oldest structure, subway structure, still in use 
today was opened in 1885. It's part of the BMT Lexington Avenue line. And that's interesting because you're saying BMT? What is that? Well, initially there was the IRT, the BMT, and the IND. Now, I don't remember what each one means, but let's put it this way. There were different companies operating different lines. It makes sense, doesn't it? Now, that first line that was open was the IRT. That was in 1904, the first underground line. So we could say the IRT was the first one, but that was in 1904. In 1939, they realized, wait, we can't have three different entities and the IRT, the BMT, the IND. It's too confusing. Let's put them all under one umbrella. Let's bring them all together. And this became the largest railroad merger in history and a mergerous una fusión. The word merge is fusionarse. It's a very common word. You'll see it a lot in the papers, in los periódicos. Now, an interesting thing that I told you guys, the first underground line of the subway was opened in 1904. This was almost 36 years after the opening of the first elevated line. So there was elevated transit, but here we're talking about the subway, the underground, when they were able to put it underground, because let's be honest, if you've ever seen a map of the underground of New York City, it's got to be a quagmire. A quagmire is un, un lío, I think you would say. Alguna locura. Because you've got water pipes, no, la tubería para el agua, electricity, I mean, how sewers, subway lines. I imagine that underground New York City is just as congested as above ground New York City. But by bringing the subway underground, or at least 60% of it, well, this was a good way to make sure that it wasn't overcrowded above ground. Yeah, let's overcrowd the people below ground. <laughs> and that's when you get some angry subway riders. Yeah, I've got to say, there were a few times there when I was sitting there in the middle of August you know, just staring down the person in front of me, you know, beads of sweat dripping off of my face. And I was like, if you say something to me, I'm going to punch you out. And, and I'm not a violent person, but I was just exhausted. Mean, I think I was suffering from heat stroke or exhaustion or something, because as anybody knows, New York is an extreme city as far as temperatures concerned as well. It's no exception. So there are brutal winters and summers where it's really humid. And it can get really hot down there. And remember, I'm talking about, you know, the cars that have air conditioning, you know, and it's still I remember it being totally unbearable, insoportable. Just imagine the people before 1967. So anybody who rode the subway in 66, 67, 65, they were in bad shape because AC, AC is the American way to say air conditioning. Los Britannicos dicen aircon. Well, it wasn't introduced until June 67. So if I'm telling you a horror story about how hot it was with AC, I don't even want to begin to imagine the sweltering heat before that year. It must have been like a sauna. 
And the subway has had so many firsts. It's gone through so many changes. We'll talk a little bit in the bonus part about the tokens and the Metro cards. But also, if you remember in the pizza episode, we talked about the New York pizza connection. And this is the fact that the price of a slice of pizza and a ride on the subway are the same. If one goes up, the other goes up. I was gonna say if one goes down, but they never go down. So when one goes up, the other goes up. And at the time of the recording of this podcast, you can, for five bucks, get a ride on the subway and a slice of pizza. But you know how inflation works, so hurry up. But it just goes to show how deep it is, you know, in our culture. It's such a part of our culture that we have, you know, connections. And I told you guys in the baseball episode about the subway series. The subway series is when the, the New York Yankees play against the New York Mets. And why do they call it the subway series? Well, because they ride to the two different stadiums on the subway. So it's a part of every aspect of our culture. It has seeped into, ha penetrado every aspect from food to baseball. And we're going to wrap up this episode, the first part of this episode, talking about where trains go when they die. Yeah, this is a question that parents are often asked by their children. No, that's not true. But where do these trains go? Because obviously they have to update the trains and every couple years they they bring in new trains ergonomic seating you know they're, they're always trying to improve it i must say that and it must be a thankless job thankless is poco agradecido well some of these cars have been recycled and i don't mean recycled to be trains or to be you know to operate on another subway system but i mean they've been recycled to be part of an artificial reef and a reef is un arrecife this is a reef that has been created off the coast of the atlantic ocean it's called slaughter beach in delaware and it's called the red bird reef it was uh, established in 2001 and they've been working on it ever since and why is it called the red bird reef well i think this is amazing one of the models a very famous model of a subway car is called the red bird and guess what subway cars were submerged to create this artificial reef you guessed it, the Redbird series. So obviously they took all of the stuff that would maybe rust or anything that would contaminate the ocean off of it and they just left the shells. And then they sank 714 Redbird cars. And uh, did it work? Well, uh, 400 times more marine food has been found over the last seven years in this area, as I said, in Delaware. So this is really cool. I mean, as a New Yorker, as somebody who used these cars every day and used them in a functional way to get to work, it's amazing to think that a car that I rode on, on the New York City subway, is now breeding new life down at the bottom of the ocean and that there are there's coral growing on it and fish and there's life coming from this and i guess that's a way of making sure that the new york city subway will live on forever it's a way of taking something and creating and bringing out new life and it reminds me of the cycle of life round and round 
up and down, the cycle continues. But our episode ends right here, unless you have access to the bonus part of today's FYI.